This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. I'm Jermaine Flood. Hello, Coach Charlie. Hello, how are you doing? I'm doing good today. It's a rainy day. It's a cold day, but it's a good day. It is a rainy, cold day, and it's a good day to talk about breaks. It is a good day to talk about breaks. And you know, because of the rain... Breaks are very important. Yes. <laughs> Breaks are very important. And I wanted to say, too, I thought about this the other day. When we come here now, I think about how I made it in my vehicle and how I love my vehicle today because it got me here. Right. <laughs> so parking brakes or e-brakes is what we're talking about. Our email address for questions is auto at mpbonline.org. If you have a burning question about parking brakes, e-brakes, all the new brake technology, make sure you give us a call. Now, according to Wikipedia, Coach, in road vehicles, the parking brake, and we're going on coaches, but I'm going to tell you what Wikipedia says. The parking brake, also known as a handbrake or emergency brake, e-brake is a mechanism used to keep the vehicle securely motionless when parked. Now, they often consist of a pulling mechanism attached to a cable, which is connected to two wheel brakes. Um, and then it says in most vehicles, the parking brake operates only the rear wheel. So give me the Coach Charlie definition of it, because that one was real technical. <laughs> well, we did have in some vehicles today, we still have the parking brake that runs off of a cable uh, where you push the pedal on the floor and it pulls a cable to the rear wheels. Yeah. You have a lever that may be in the center of the console that you could pull it up. Once again, you're pulling a cable. Today, technology has changed. We no longer have those type of emergency brakes. Uh, they're doing away. Manufacturers mm-hmm. are doing away with it. And they are doing a push-button electronic control emergency brake. Now, was this done because the old brakes weren't good enough? Well, believe it or not, I was doing something. <laughs> I was thinking about this here, that the emergency brakes in the older cars – you know, up until recently, we're mm-hmm. all great mer- emergency brakes. But with all this new technology, these lane assist and these uh, radar-type uh, speed control, all of them needed a different braking system. Not compatible. Not, Not compatible. compatible. Okay. So that was the reason for it, in, for the changeover. For the changeover. For the changeover. So now we can expect in any car that we purchase, let's just say from 2023 on, that it will have this new brake. It's going to have this new braking system. It's going to have a there – will, there will be several braking systems that are coming on the market. But this one here, the emergency brake here, is a electronic emergency brake. It runs off sensors and a computer. Mm-hmm. You push the button. The button tells the computer, hey, you pushed it. Now it's time to put on the emergency brake. And the emergency brake is no longer used like it used to be. Emergency brake before you could help stop the car if there was an emergency. If your in brakes motion. Went, in motion, when your brakes went out, you could use the emergency brake and stop the car. That's why it was mechanical because if it was mechanical, it couldn't go out. Now it is electronic. You can no longer stop the car with the emergency brake. You cannot even slow the car down with the emergency brake. The electronic emergency brake. Would you call that a con? 
that is a con. That is not a, uh, to me, I told my wife that it took the safety ability out of that because now it's no longer there. You couldn't use an emergency brake to help you stop that car driving down the road. Right, right. So tell me a pro for the new brake. Well, once again, if you think a pro for the new brakes, and I, I and people may think this is a pro, I thought it was a con to myself because I'm not used to it and I don't like it, mm-hmm. is that you can push the button on the car and it will hold you at a red light. Say if you're on a hill and you're driving yeah. and you're on a hill, that button, if you have it pushed, it will hold it at a red light till you accelerate and then it lets go of the emergency brake. Okay. Okay. Now, I don't like that. I tell my wife to, I cut it off every time I get in the car because I like to control the car. <laughs> and don't want the car to control me. Right. Right. <laughs> and so that is one of those things I didn't like, you know. Uh, but if you think about uh, the pros for, just say if you had a young teenager and they have a, if, especially if it's a manual vehicle, right. they can do it on manuals as well. They start rolling back at a hill. Right, on stick shift. And then it holds that car. It's not going to take and go back on them. Now, it may stall the vehicle when they try to take off because they got to get used to it. But that is one that you could look at, too, as well. So let's just say, I know you did say in motion, and I'm talking about a manual. So once you start rolling back just a little bit, can it do it like that? Can it, can it be engaged that way, even though it's in move, like it's moving? Well, it won't engage while it's moving. Oh, that's that's why I'm saying. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. You couldn't stop the car while it was moving. That's almost a double edged sword with emergency brake. Now you cannot stop the car. Right. Right. Just dealing in a place like Vicksburg. I mean, hills are come a plenty and and the inclines are pretty good. So it's used. Now it is a parking brake. If you use it, it is used to park the vehicle. And matter, matter of fact, most emergency brakes now that are electronic, when you cut the vehicle off, they set themselves. Okay. And when you take off. They, they unset themselves. They release. Now, I've never used it in, in mode of actually while I'm driving. I've never used it. So I'm wondering, is that why they took that that feature away? Because maybe it wasn't widely used? Uh, no, it was used. It, uh, really, what has happened now, it's for the electronic assist systems. Yeah. And that is why you have the new type of emergency brake. Right, right, right. You know, uh, you have, if you think about it, we got wire by, uh, drive by, brake by wire, and instead of uh, you push it on the brake pedal and hydraulics go to it, on some vehicles now, it is all electronic. Right. So that means you push on the brake pedal, it goes to the computer, and the computer says, hey, I'm going to put the brake on for you. Right. And you know, then that's the way it's going to be. And then we have a one even called flex braking. Flex braking is that according to how much power you put on the brake pedal, the computer says how much fluid is going to go to the calipers and the rear brakes to stop the car. Right. So our fast and furious drivers are in a pickle. Yeah, they can't drift anymore. <laughs> You know, they used to drift all the time, and that was another good thing about the emergency brake. You could uh, pull the handbrake uh, inside the vehicle, yeah. and you could do it at a certain time. You could drift, the, turn that rear wheels around. Coach, and, how do you know that? Well, I've done it once or twice. <laughs> I'll need a little training session. Okay. <laughs> Not today. We're going to no. wait on a dry yes. day. <laughs> well, we're going to head to the phones um, right now. We have got, well... 
uh, we might have to we might have to wait a second on the phones. They're coming through though, coach. That's good. If you have a question about parking brakes, e-brakes, don't ask us how to drift. We're doing that after hours. Make sure you give us a ring. Okay, now we're ready, coach. Caller, um, Fletch is on the road. He has a transmission problem. Fletch, you're on with Coach Charlie. Uh, luckily, I don't have a problem, but I had a question from uh, the topic last week. You mentioned that, uh, I guess, transmission, that's that's the pulley system. Uh, CVT, uh, yes. Yeah, so we had we didn't have the six-wheel dune buggy, but we had a, a um, I think it was a three-wheel, uh, kind of the ATV that we used on our farm that had that system. But it was... It was a big delay, and when you hit the throttle and it went forward, how, how did they improve that feature for it to be used in a in a you know a personal vehicle? Well, really, what they did on that, the engine RPMs run higher on uh, the cars today. On the smaller cars, they run the RPMs run higher, higher. So that means that pulley is going to be. Uh, lower that means that pulley is going to be where you can the belt will go lower into the pulley and then they put a pulley on the back side of it and the front side of it and that's how they uh, got rid of the delay that's amazing i can't believe it's that it's that effective and what all vehicles have that uh, most manufacturers have one that has them now they've got like two or three toyota uh they just i don't know if you've been seeing the commercial the toyota crown Okay, it took the place of the Avalon, Toyota Avalon. Okay, you could get it with a 2.4 liter or a V6 engine, and the V6 has a six-speed transmission, and the four-cylinder has the CVT in it. So uh, most any manufacturer you have out there now will have a CVT. And it's just got a traditional um, internal combustion engine. It has. That's the, the transmission. And are they front and rear wheel or just front? Oh, front and all-wheel drive. You can get them in both with the CVT. Uh, that's amazing. That 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 buggy we had that was it was so delayed and 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 it slipped a lot. And it's amazing they improved the technology that much. But I could not quite fathom. Uh, well, you know uh, they they did it with sensors and. Uh, the sensing the engine because really any transmission is going to work off the load off the engine. Sure. And matter of fact, this transmission is if the transmission is going 1500 RPMs, that transmission is going 1500 RPMs. There is no cl- uh, no torque converter with this system. How long do those belts usually last? Uh, 100, 150,000 miles. Wow, and it's just your traditional rubber rubber belt. Uh, some of them deal with they have a type of chain in there as well, and that's why you hear a little noise. They're more noisier than an automatic transmission. You can hear the noise of that transmission. Interesting. All right, thanks, anybody. Fletch, thank you so much for your call. If you've got a question, send your emails to auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about parking brakes or e-brakes. Is your car under recall? I'll tell you how you can find out next. You're listening to AutoCorrect with Coach Charlie Melton. I'm Jermaine Flood. If you want even more AutoCorrect, find our podcast on all podcast platforms for your smart device, Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with the replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Well, here are some recent recalls. 382,000 
plus Ford Explorers and Lincoln Aviators. Cosairs are recalled for faulty backup cameras. Now, back in September 2021, Ford issued a major recall that affected its popular Explorer SUV, as well as luxury sub-brand Lincoln's Aviator and Corsair SUVs. These models are once again affected as the recall has been expanded to include model year 2022 and the 2023 versions of the SUV. So congratulations on that gift you just got this year. The issue affects roughly 382,760 vehicles in total. The video output may fail in model year 2020 to 2023 Explorers and Aviators in model year 2020 to 2022 Corsairs equipped with 360-degree camera systems, preventing an image of the rear view from displaying on the infotainment screen. The loss of the image may reduce the driver's visibility, increasing the risk of a car crash as of now Try to use your side mirrors and your rear view mirror to back up if you can. Um, you can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Safety Traffic Administration's website and inputting your VIN number, or you can find their Safer Car app. The website is www.nhtsa.gov forward slash recalls. We're talking about parking brakes or e-brakes, and we're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. Now, before we go back to the phones, Coach, we're having a little issue with whether it's called an emergency brake or whether it's called a parking brake. Please clarify. Well, if you think about you have the lever type, you have the pedal type, and you have the electronic type. Some people call them emergency brakes. Some people call them parking brakes. Well, if you think about right now, the electronic is called electronic parking brake. Mm-hmm. The, uh, then you have an automatic emergency brake. Okay, that is another uh, acronym for them. So if you think about it, many people call them different things, but they all do the same thing. They park and hold the car while it's being still. While it's being still, and if if I'm not if I'm correct, what I've learned on the last segment was it was in the older vehicles an emergency brake as right. well. Right. Okay. So you know you cannot use the electronic uh, parking brake as the same that you can use the manual mm-hmm. emergency parking brake. Mm-hmm. You cannot use them. The, the, they're not doing the exact same thing. Uh, they both should hold the car when the car is stopped. Mm-hmm. Uh, matter of fact, the uh, Electronic emergency brakes or parking brakes, what they do now, when you cut the car off, they set themselves. Right. You don't, you don't, because a lot of times people forget. I'm never, I, I have a, several vehicles and I never use an emergency parking brake. Right. But now my wife's car, it automatically sets itself. Yeah. So parking brake, e brake, emergency brake is kind of like potato, potato, tomato, tomato. Same thing. Okay. <laughs> we wanted to clear that, that up. That is when you have different, you know, other people may call them one thing, but they're the exact same thing. Okay. We got that cleared up. That's it. I trust Coach on what he says when it comes down to that. So let's head to the phones. We've got Jimmy on the line. He has a taking break off question. Jimmy, you're on the phone with Coach Charlie. My question is... Uh these new cars is coming out without the braking system on it. Uh, it's like you're driving a computer. And uh, 
So what happens when uh, you're trying to stop or you're trying to do whatever you can and and the car keeps going uh, because or you get locked out of the car because it all runs by satellite? Well, um, if, if what you, happens to that? Yeah, if you think about it now, even the parking brake that the, the electronic parking brake they use on the vehicle today, they run off motors on the rear of the wheels. They have motors that when you push the button, the electronic motor engages and it engages the parking brake. If your battery goes dead, your vehicle's stuck. Unless they have some type of other manual release, that vehicle is stuck if that battery's dead. Most everything you say in is true as working off the uh, computer. Everything in that car now is running off the computer. If something goes wrong with the electronic system, everything goes bad. So you need to know what you're getting. You need to know uh, about technology on your car because a lot of people do not understand it. They get a new car. They don't read the manual, and they just get in it and crank it up and go. And then when something happens, then they start out of pickle. Jimmy, well, I know I watched. I I know a lot of stuff is science fiction, but a lot of the science fiction stuff that you see nowadays has come to light. Like uh, they can automatically just take over the car, and you can't do nothing. The car will drive itself. The car will do whatever. So if for some reason you get locked up in your car, you can't get out. I would not have a vehicle like that. Well, that that's the way the technology today, if you notice that when you're on a computer, if you do computers, if you're not on a computer and you're trying to get some IT information on it, somebody working on it, somebody goes in that computer without you being there mm-hmm. and they start moving things around. That is what happens to cars. And they're trying to keep people from hacking those computer systems just like they do computers that we use every day. Wow, that's why I'm on. That's why I'm on. Just stick to the older model vehicles because I don't want a robot or somebody trying to uh, kind of tell me where I can go. Because I heard something the other day that the federal government is trying to make it to where you can only go to certain parts of the state. You would have to ask permission to go into another state, and if you got one of these kind of vehicles, they can kind of control what you can do and what you can't do. That's why I was asking because I would rather just have the old kind of vehicle. That way I ain't got to worry about them shutting my vehicle off or either locking me up in my own car and you can't get out because the government is trying to rule everybody. And I just, I'm just asking on some of these questions because I don't think these new cars are safe for anybody. Uh, technology has changed and that's what really does is technology has changed. And like I say, if you want an older car, stay with an older car. You want a newer car and go with a newer one. Yeah. Technology is, it it can be a scary thing out there. You never know, you know, how it's going to go or what's going to happen. And if you don't understand, it's, it's a, it's a scary world out there. It really is. Jimmy, thank you so much for your call. We're going to go to our next call on the line. It's Carl in Vicksburg. He has a carburetor question. Carl, you're on the line with coach Charlie. Yes, sir. I have a question about, um, I have an older car. It's a uh, 1978. It's a Chrysler Newport. Uh, I'm putting a two four barrel setup on the on it, and uh, I just want to find out. Do you know if the the electric 
choke or the manual choke carburetor? Which one goes in front and which one goes in the back? Well, did did that have a feedback carburetor on it before, or are you just putting a new manifold and everything I'm, on I'm there? Just, I'm just doing a whole new manifold and everything. Okay. Does it have a place for a heat riser for the choke, or is it going to be electric? Like, well, I have, like I said, one, one, one carburetor is electric and the other one is manual. And I, the manual one, I was going to wire it open, like make it stay open, and the electric one, I was going to use it for the... Yeah, if you have the one that has where the cable can come into it, where you can run it through the dash, and you say you're going to leave that one open, uh, yes, sir. the mechanism on it, they should be right there together, the mechanism. And as you can, whether you'll see where the electronic comes up. Do you see you already has the solenoid and all right there for the choke? Yes, sir. Okay, yeah, you'll see that, and you can just put that cable in the top of it. There is a thing that should where you could screw the cable part down in there. And just put okay. the cable in there, or you can have it wide open, and the electronic just put the uh, twelve volts to it, and it'll work perfect. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. So much. Thank you, Carl. Thank you so much for your call. Our email address, where you can send questions, is auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about parking brakes, e-brakes, emergency brakes, the new braking technology, all of that between your car repair questions. What's in the news? Coach, I don't think Jimmy's going to like this this story. <laughs> Here comes the small electric pickups. <laughs> At least two major car makers are considering adding small battery-powered pickups to their growing parade of EVs. He will not be out purchasing one of these, but I'll tell you more about that next. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB. Think Radio. Our host is Coach Charlie Melton. He's an ASC certified mechanic. He is also a retired instructor from Clinton High School's automotive technology program. So he's a teacher too. And I'm Jermaine Flood. I'm not a teacher. I hope you've downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. In addition to listening to our show on the MPB Public Media app, you can click on the support button and make a contribution. Contributions help keep our programs on the air for you and others to enjoy. And we thank you for your contribution to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with the replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. In the news, well, here comes the small electric pickups. At least two major car makers are considering adding small battery-powered pickups to their growing parade of EVs. Now, at General Motors, a pint-sized pickup is one of several electric options that's being mocked up by a team of engineers and designers who are focused on developing affordable mo- models. And Nissan Motor Company, right here at the house, meanwhile, is eyeing its next wave of EVs and has promised to make two battery-powered models at its Mississippi plant. That's right here at the house. The First is Aria EV, um, and the second is a possible electric version of the brand's Frontier pickup um, that they're saying would be logical. But this this is a this is all speculation. Nissan says they do not release their plans. <laughs> so, um, but they're saying that tiny trucks are a natural target for electrification because they're already lighter and more aerodynamic than their sturdier pickup siblings, which makes it easier for engineers to outfit them with smaller batteries. They're also relatively cheap to manufacture, to manufacture, which help offset battery costs. I'm I'm in the market for um not an EV but I'm in the market for a pickup truck and this is this is a good a good way to 
getting the EV on the pickup. I like the idea, maybe. Well, maybe, but just don't drive through Texas right now. They're having rolling blackouts, and you won't be able to charge. Oh. So you need to be careful. Yeah, we got to watch out for the electricity on all of this. <laughs> That's right. Jimmy, no. <laughs> he might have had something there. He may have had something there. I'll include a link to this story in our show's podcast description today. Hey, we're talking about parking brakes, e-brakes, emergency brakes. They're all the same brakes. Um, email your questions to auto at mpbonline.org. Coach, tell me a little bit about braking technologies um, that the different braking technologies technologies that they might have out there. Well, if you're thinking about uh, new technology on braking systems, uh, brake by wire, brake by wire, um, where you used to push the brake and you would push the brake fluid through the master cylinder, the master cylinder would distribute it out to the wheels and stop the vehicle. Now, you when I say brake by wire. You push on the brake, it goes straight to the computer. Mm -hmm. The computer determines how much pressure needs to go to those wheels to stop the vehicle. Okay. Okay. So completely electronic. Okay. Still has the fluid and all going to the wheels, but electronic. Okay. Okay. Then you have one called automatic parking brake. And that is the, when I say automatic uh, electronic braking system, what that does here, it determines by what, how you're driving when that vehicle is to stop. Mm-hmm. Just say if you're coming up on a vehicle, okay, a collision. Say you're going to get in too close to a vehicle, that vehicle automatically starts putting on the brakes right. because of the radar. Yeah. Okay. I don't like that, but yeah. Yeah. So if you're, just say you're running up on a vehicle, you feel your car start slowing down, well, guess what? The computer is slowing your car down right. because of the braking system. Mm-hmm. And then you have lane keeping assist. Okay, you know when that vehicle drifts from one side to the other, and it you does it. You can feel it. You can feel it holding, uh, slowing you down, so you don't go into the next lane, yeah. and the steering wheel starts moving. Yeah, that's one. And then Mercedes and Volvo even has one post accident uh, parking brake. And what happens there on that uh, parking brake? You have an accident. Then, you know, a lot of accidents, another accident could happen because somebody you're hits rolling, your vehicle, yeah, you're rolling. Yeah. Well, as soon as you have an accident, vehicle parking brake comes on, stops the vehicle, it can't go no more. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, uh, so you have that one. And then flex braking, once again, flex braking is one where, according to how far, much pressure you put on the brake pedal, determines how you're going to brake according to the computer as well. So all of these are with actuators, with sensors, and once again, Jimmy, computer systems. <laughs> Coach, is there ever a time you'd be like, okay, that's enough brakes? <laughs> no. No. Uh, back to when we talk about if you call it an emergency brake or a parking brake, emergency brakes were when you could put on the brakes using that lever or using that foot and that vehicle would come to a stop. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what, and that's if you lost any hydraulic pressure, they don't do that now. Right. They are, con- they are used strictly for parking, parking use only. Yes. Parking use only. Coach, we're going to get into more of the pros and cons of the braking technologies, but we've got a caller on the line. Curtis is on the road. Curtis, you are on with coach Charlie. I have a 2016 Ford Mustang convertible, and the driver's side 
Wendell has gotten stuck, won't go up or down, but the passenger side still goes up and down. So I want to know uh, what are your thoughts about it. Okay, usually uh, each door or each window has uh, a motor and a regulator in there. And a lot of times, one regulator could go out. Either it's going to be stuck in the bottom part, or it's going to be stuck in the top part, or it won't move at all because of the motor. Okay? A lot of times, especially that 2016 Ford, uh, you can, the motor itself will go bad, and it'll stay wherever it went bad. So... You could probably just go in there, change the regulator and the motor, or if they're separate, you can change one, whichever one went bad, replace it, and you're good to go. Now, on a lot of these cars now, that the windows have to be a relearn process. Okay, that means that you may have to roll it up and let it go up and down a couple times until it determines where it needs to be. So you don't want to watch that, too. But most likely, you just have a regulator or a motor bad in that uh, window. Okay. And now, let me ask you a question. Does it do the same thing with the master switch and the switch on the door? They do. It does the exact same thing? The switch on the driver's side uh, will still let the passenger side down, and the passenger side, when the, that switch still lets it down, but it won't let the driver's side when it down. Yeah, I would go. I would check that uh, motor first and make sure that that's good, and then I'd go to the switch. And when I open the door, the the one still moves like it normally does because of the convertible. Right, it moves uh, just a little bit, right? Yes. Yeah, because it it takes so, a lot to pull that uh, to make it go back up. Is what the problem is. It's not hard to for the motor to go down. It's harder for the window to go back up. Okay. Okay, Dan. Okay, appreciate it, guy. Curtis, thank you so much for your call. We're going to stay on the lines. We're going to go to Cynthia in Oxford. She has an EV power question. Cynthia, you are on with Coach Charlie. Cynthia, thanks for the light truck EV info. I I personally think that's a really exciting development. Yeah, yeah, thanks for that. But I wanted to just point out that a lot of the latest EVs, including the one my sister has, which is the Hyundai, Ionic 5 um, has the bi-directional charging so that you can actually, you know, uh, power your house with the, what's in your battery mm. in your car. So it can go both directions. And lots of folks do uh, install, um, you know, in other states, not necessarily in Mississippi because they don't have the incentives yet, but the um, solar panels plus uh, battery storage. And I just think we need to be fair when we talk about you know, EVs. And they do work when the power's off. And also that gas pumps don't necessarily work when the power's off either unless they have some kind of backup. So I just wanted to uh, share that. Thank you, Cynthia. Yeah, when you're talking about the, uh, they have some type of converter that can change that DC voltage that's in that car going to AC voltage so it would run the house. And on those, you'd have to have a, uh, make sure they would have to have a big battery and has to be charged. But yeah, you're right. Uh, EVs are coming. People are going to be using them and we just need to be ready for them. Yeah. 
Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you too, Cynthia. We'll we'll go light on the EVs. <laughs> we we won't throw them under the bus That's just right. yet, Cynthia. <laughs> okay, thanks so much. Thank you too Take for care. your call. Thank you, Cynthia. Bye-bye. We'll stay on the phone lines. We're gonna head um we're heading to Trace, I'm guessing, and that's Lewis on the phone with us. He ha- he's having a vibration problem. Lewis, you're on with Coach Charlie. Oh, very good. Thanks a lot for taking my call. I've got a 250 Ford diesel, 99 model. I've had it for, well, since it was new. And uh, got something that got me stumped. I can be driving along running smooth as silk and hit a bump, and it starts getting a light vibration in it. I hit another bump, it'll quit. Well, does that have a damper on the front uh, for the steering? You know what I'm talking about when I say a damper? Not really. It's four-wheel drive. Um, okay. Duty. A lot of four-wheel drives do have these dampers on them, and it's a damper that comes. It's like a shock on the front of the steering system. That's right. It goes from okay. one wheel to the other. And a lot of times you will have a vibration in that damper, and you'll feel it, okay, and just say it moved in the right direction because it connects to a rod coming all the way across from one side to the other. And what it does, it dampers that steering vibration is what it does. Okay, when I just had my front end reworked, it did it before and is doing it after. Um, was that something they would have tightened up when they worked that four-wheel drive? Well, that, you know, it's just like a shock on a car that, you know, that damper has to be replaced every now and then. And you'll see it is like a shock right on the front of the vehicle, and Ford does have those oh, yeah, I, mean, I, yeah, I remember seeing that now, Coach. I really do. Okay. Yeah, I know what you're talking about now. You think that needs to be replaced? Well, it may need not, it may not need to be replaced, but you needed the bolt that holds the damper to the coming over to the usually it's the right right side. Uh, you need to check that bolt, make sure that bolt is tight because that one does come loose quite often. Okay, very good. I will flat do that. It's it just worse, and I pull my camper with it, and it's kind of scary when it starts vibrating. It does it worse at about thirty forty miles an hour. Yeah, I get up about. 60, 65, you can feel it a tiny bit, but not much. Yeah, check that damper, and if, if you haven't got a problem with the damper there, check that drive shaft, make sure there's not a U-joint or anything loose. Everything's tied to under there. I don't try to shake or move everything. I can't get nothing to even wiggle. Okay, I'll check that damper on oh. that front end. Appreciate it, Coach. Thank you. Lewis, thank Hi, you. Mm-hmm. Lewis, thank you so much for your call, and you have a good day as well. We're discussing parking brakes, or e brakes, or emergency brakes, or all those braking technologies that we've got. When we come back, we'll learn about some pros and cons for some more braking technologies, and we'll take your repair questions. You can send us an email to auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a new car review from Casey Williams coming up and Coach's Tip of the Week. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Inflation during 2022 took a toll on all of our pocketbooks, but I have a way to redeem yourself this year. The brand new 2023 Ford Maverick Hybrid. Now what we have this week, we've had Mavericks in the past, but I really like this one. This has the base hybrid powertrain. It gets 42 miles per gallon in the city, 33 on the highway, 191 horsepower combined, so plenty of power. But it's also got the Lariat package, so it's got you know, the upscale features on it, B&O audio system inside, you've got heated seats, a heated steering wheel, and all the crash avoidance systems on it. Automatic emergency braking, adaptive cruise. So I like all that as well. But it's also a nice little pickup truck. It's urban friendly, it drives nice, the handling's tight, it's got a bed liner so you can put your mulch in the back of it, put the flowers, put the plants, and just clean it out when you're done. I think all that's great. And price, also very affordable. 
So the Maverick starts right above $22,000. This one all in, $36,125. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show from autocorrect.mpbonline.org. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Stay tuned after the show at 11 a.m. at Southern Remedy Kids and Teens with Dr. Morgan McLeod. I'm Jermaine Flood, and our expert is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. And it's time for Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. You know, we're talking about emergency braking or parking braking. We're talking about that part of the system of a car. If you drive an older car, know what type of parking brake and emergency brake you have. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're driving a newer one, know what you have because they do the same, but they don't do the same. Right. The more you know, (laughs) the better you'll be with your vehicle. That's right. That's a good tip, Coach Charlie. We're going to head to the phones right quick. Right before we get back into our braking technologies, pros and cons, we have got Jack on the line. Jack is calling us from Meridian. He's got Ranchero brakes. Oh, I like that. Those are old. Jack, you're on with Coach Charlie. (laughs) Tell me what they what what those are, please. (laughs) Jack, you're on. You can, yeah, yeah, go ahead. You can oh, go ahead. Great. Great. Well, I recently bought a Ranchero. Of course, I had one years ago, and I like them. And when I bought it, the brakes were really bad, you know. So I said, okay, well, it's probably a master cylinder. So we replaced the master cylinder. We replaced cap, uh, the calipers and some uh, you know, wheel cylinders and all this. But you know, in the end, it was the power brake booster that's bad. And nobody in America seems to have a, a power booster. And the mechanic said, well, there's a possibility of somebody rebuilding it. But then if you sent it off and, you know, you wouldn't have any brakes unless you got it back. So what would you do in a situation like this? Well, what you could do, and there is someone in Jackson that can rebuild that booster, HD clutch. Oh, they, really? They do build boost. They do redo boosters as well. They do oh. all, all of those boosters that you see on buses and all. That's oh great. They do redo those. But what I would do, I would get on the. You know, I'm sure you have got on the internet and all. But a oh. lot of places in Texas, you can find some of that stuff. You know, oh, really? yeah, I've been. Oh, uh, I've got on there and looked at some of that stuff in Texas. You know, and mm-hmm. like I say, when you think about. An old ranchero or an old car, you know, I'm yeah. sure the wheel cylinders had, it looked like they were rusted, I'm sure. And, oh, you know, yeah. you opened up the uh, bleeder screw and black brake fluid came out of it and all. You know, that was the reason why dealerships started going back to manufacturing and saying, flush your brake fluid out. But, you right. know, we started using aluminum wheel cylinders that didn't cause all that rust. And the reason what, uh-huh. and what happened on wheel cylinders, and this is what people don't understand, when brake fluid absorbs water, okay, it's very high scopic. Yeah. It absorbs water. If you could open the top of your master cylinder and it would absorb water yeah. out of the air, okay. Well, that was the reason why they wanted you to change that brake fluid because it rusted everything. Everything was made of steel. Well, they made yeah. the vehicles lighter. They use aluminum, you know. And your emergency brake on your vehicle was a foot pedal emergency brake. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh-huh. you pushed it all the way down to the floor, and that vehicle didn't move. 
Okay, that's the whole purpose of it, you know. <laughs> and if you were driving down the highway, you could hit that brake and you could stop that vehicle. You know, that's what it was for. Right. You know, so, yeah, check those places in Texas. You'll probably find one of those boosters. What is the uh, the contact there in Jackson that rebuilds them? HD Clutch. HD Clutch. Oh, that's a great. Off, highway, off highway 49. Ah. Okay, good. Yeah, I was reluctant to just send my <clears throat> brake booster, you know, to somewhere across the country, but that... Yeah, I could actually take it there. <laughs> yeah, just hey, call them and just uh, tell them that you heard about their their name, and because uh, yeah. I know they do bus uh, hydrovax and all 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 the time boosters. Yeah, well, the mechanic said I had a pinhole in the diaphragm in somewhere, somewhere. Yeah. I don't know where, but uh, front or back. So yeah. anyway, I said, well, can I just put some HD weld on there? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that one now. <laughs> Flex seal. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks for calling. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you, Jack, for your phone call. We're going to stay on the line. We've got Joe in Madison calling. He wants to know the pros and cons of a hybrid, Coach. We're ready for this. Joe, you're on the line with Coach Charlie. What's your question? Good morning, Coach. Good morning. And, uh, uh, I may be a little further along with this because we're waiting for it, but buying a Honda CRV, uh, a hybrid, and just pros and cons, uh, your thoughts on hybrids? Okay, you think about a hybrid. A hybrid has a battery, some type of battery in there, and it has a, uh internal combustion engine. Okay, all hybrids are going to run on the battery for a certain many miles and a certain speed, okay? Uh, like you can go 25, 30 miles in the city and before that engine kicks in and a certain uh, speed before that engine kicks in. So it kicks in, then you go to gas, okay? Now, can you get better gas mileage with a hybrid? Sure you can because you're using the battery sometimes and you're using the engine sometimes. Okay. Now, there's really no. Uh, you may have uh, regenerative braking because you don't have to plug it in. So that means that you have regenerative braking. And regenerative braking is every time you push those brakes on, or when you're driving down the highway, that brake system charges the battery for you. Okay. So that means you don't have to plug it in. So. Okay. So it's according to what you're looking for. You know, when I got my wife's car. We couldn't get a hybrid. They they said that the hybrid was so far behind they just couldn't get it. They didn't. Matter of fact, they didn't even push it. It was a Honda HRV, okay, twenty three uh, model, and we just got a regular one because they couldn't really get a hybrid. Mm. Ours is a twenty three, but they just call it a CRV, and then it's a hybrid. I guess it's a uh, touring. I'm trying to remember the little cute name for it, but touring or something like that, CRV. Yeah, hybrid, but, uh, just make sure you, just like any other thing, uh, when you're changing the oil and all, just make sure you watch the cable. The cable is orange. It's a high-voltage cable. Just make sure you know where that is. And they do have where you can, in the back of the trunk or somewhere, where you can pull the, like a breaker, if you're going to work on that. You know, and I'm sure you're not going to work on it because 2023 is going to go back to the I'm, dealer. I'm a dealer. It's going, it's going to the dealer for everything. It's My going back to the dealer. That's that. it. So uh, I, I just, you know, I was hesitant, and I thought, well, I mean, I'm trying to be green as much as I can, but, you know, I don't want to find something down the road and go, 
So I wish I'd never gotten that. But uh, Well, you know, the Prius and all them that have been out for years and years. And like I say, a hybrid's a good vehicle. It's just you're using two different types of energy. I think they said there are two batteries in this thing. And, uh, you know, in the little in the back, I mean, it's instead of having a little rear, rear wheel, I mean, there's no spare tire actually in it. No, that's uh, where the, the battery, battery is. Yes. Is, uh, is taking that place. But, uh, okay, well, I just. So you're saying pro. Yeah, and get the extended warranty uh, for the electronics exactly. and everything. Make sure you get the extended warranty. Yeah. Well, with and with the extended warranty, they said it's 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 eight years, I think a hundred thousand miles. But the extended uh, is everything but the battery. Right. So. Uh, well, that yeah, covers all anyway. the electronics in the dash and all that. Joe, thank you so much for your call. We're we're heading up on our last minute of the hour, Coach. Pros and cons of braking technologies. What's your last final thought? Well, if you think about the pros, uh, first of all, if you're into technology, it works for you. If you're not into technology, you got to get used to it. And some of the cons, it's more expensive to work on. Y'all, that's it. That's a wrap for us today. For AutoCorrect, our crew engineer is Java Chapman. Our call screener is Jason Klein. For Coach Charlie Melton, Master Technician, I'm Jermaine Flood. Thanks for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.